Dude, 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 this song closed. We gotta change it. Time for a zero check. Oh no, that's even worse. I couldn't cut was Right. Hey everyone, welcome to this next episode of the Zero Check. Which one are we on now? We're on six or something? Seven. Seven? Seven. Damn, six was last time. Man, uh, I need to, uh, I need to open up my, the Google Sheet so I can see what we've done. Oh, oh no, wait, yeah. this, is, this is six. This, the, this is, this is yes. six. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, the ones we're talking about are on there. I, I, I can't read. <laughs> drop, drop the ball on me there, Michael. Um, yeah, right, so welcome yeah. to our sixth episode of this new fourth season of the Zero Check. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about Strapping Young Lads al album City, Fly to the Concords self-titled album, uh, Depeche Mode, Music for the Masses, and Rage Against the Machine's Evil Empire. Uh, so let's get started. Hey, um, let's uh, let's let's start. Hell, I'll jump in this time. Why not? I'm used to, I've been deferring recently, and that's not really in my nature. So <laughs> let's make it happen. So uh, I chose "Evil Empire" by Rage Against the Machine. Um, it's their second studio album um, after their self-titled "Rage Against the Machine" that came out a couple of years earlier. Um, it had a couple of big singles on it: "Bulls on Parade," "People of the Sun." Um, it, and a Grammy award-winning single. Yeah, Grammy award-winning. Hey, you know they're good if they won a Grammy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's um, it, it's very much a continuation of of what you would find on their first album. It's uh, it's hard rap funk. It it sounds just like Rage Against the Machine. Like when I, you hear the name Rage Against the Machine, and you're like. Yeah, this is what I expected. There is a sound, mm -hmm. and it is yeah. the Rage Against the Machine sound. Um, and soft rock. <laughs> hmm? Soft rock. Uh, yeah, definitely soft rock. Solid. <laughs> It's all <laughs> lighters all the time. Nothing of substance to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they're self fluff. No, it, it, as always, it's 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 very politically charged. You know, I I had to go through because they're they're also somewhat unintelligible. I had to go through the the lyrics while I was listening to this album at least one of the times just to, to catch all of their, you know, political references, their, you know, their, their Mexican revolutionary Vietnam references, their, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. And of course, rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. Um, it's been a very milked song for, sorry, Steve, for reaction videos on YouTube. Oh really? People I don't watch a lot of channels. Love that song. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's Rage Against the Machine. Like by the end of the album, it, it's it's to me, it's all kind of same same. Like they have a they have a, a message. They it's it's overtly political. They're going to oh. Wrap it out behind Zach Delaroca's white dreadlocks, 
Um, Tom Morello is going to drop up super funky, you know. And make, make sounds with his guitar. The guitars were never intended to make sounds like. Pretty much. I, I don't even know. It's like the guitar is talking to me. <laughs> and, um, and, and yeah, and it's, but by, by the time I'm, 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 I'm rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun, I'm kind of tired of them. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way as I do. I think I do. And I think I, I, I kind of have the same sentiment, maybe not by that point in the album, but mm. like, I mean, Rage is a band like seven. So it's like, you're more than halfway through. Yeah. Um, I do like this album more than the first one. I think the first one overall has longer songs, whereas this is a bit tighter and more concise overall. Mm, sure. Um, I really like this album. I dropped a rage against the machine. I owned this in the first one when I was a teenager and I, it, I think a year or two ago, I decided to revisit them, and I love this one. It's so good, um, but it's it is also like really exhausting because of the because of the way the messages are presented. And I think this is I'm gonna go on a little bit of a weird tangent here that like I think this is a common problem within the progressive sphere of like communicating shit that is happening of like. Progressives have a tendency to try to explain things in a way that in order to understand it, you need to go like three layers of hierarchy of like, okay, what does this term that you just said mean? Oh, now I have to go look up what this other term that you just said meant. Um, and I feel like that happens in this album where every song has like three to five things you need to look up. Uh, yeah, Not there's, there's, there's definitely like, a lot of like references um, to specific situations, political yeah. movements, things like that. Although I, I think I don't think you don't need to to go very far to to understand. Now I'm rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. These people ain't seen a brown skinned man since their grandparents bought one. Yeah, down Rodeo revolver and movie in your face. There's no nuance there. Yeah. With without a face or wind below, whichever one is the illegal immigrant song, um, I think those three are the good examples of like very clearly understood messages. But there are there are definite like maybe at least half of this album is very much kind of exhausting in a taking in kind of like doom scrolling in a way. We're just like there's so much bad stuff that they're throwing at you that I I feel like. Maybe that's why also Rage petered out after two albums, like the third one. You can only Battle be so Angeles. angry for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also This also comes in because for a long time I've been confused about what Tire Me is about, the one that references um, Jackie Onassis. Yeah, sure. Um, and I looked it up and apparently around the time in the early 90s, Nixon was dying. And at the same time that Nixon was dying, Jackie Onassis came out as having cancer. So this song is like everything bad that Nixon did got drowned out because, oh no, Jack, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis has cancer. So it's kind of an indictment of like, I wish I was a, as important as this person that, you know, they have cancer and suddenly everyone forgets about everything and focuses all their attention on her. Yeah. <laughs> I ramble a lot. I I I find Rage and like their career arc fascinating. 
Um, also, Tom Morello's guitar playing that no one else emulated because no one else thinks like him. No, he's fantastic. Like, I'm going to take a wrench and scrape it against the strings. He's and that's super good, but he's also song. like you hear him play and you're like, that's Tom Morello. Yep. Whether yep. it's here or in an audio slave or anything else he does, you're like, that's Tom Morello. Mm-hmm. He's unmistakable. So this album did some uh, did some weird things with the headphones and the way it's been it was mastered. And I, I remember listening to it. I don't know if you guys were listening to this on headphones or or like through your car or something. But there's a bunch of of, of stuff where it just comes through one one headphone and then and then it fills in the rest. Like it almost it wants to make you feel uncomfortable. And and so it's got this kind of <laughs> we're coming with with some like drums and stuff. And and I felt that it did that in a couple of tracks, and I was and, and I think it did its job about making making me feel uncomfortable with the with what it was doing with that with that the mastering there. But uh, uh, I'm I'm going to agree basically with with you know sort of what's been discussed so far. Like it's it's a lot of my my experience with with Rage is is limited. Um, I've heard a little bit of their stuff, and this is the first time I've listened through one of their albums all the way. Um, but uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the technicality of the music, and I enjoyed the the singing. It, it you know it had like a Lincoln Park kind of feel to it with the rapping and the and the the singing. And um, but or did oh Michael froze. Oh Mike. It's okay. Zach Delaroca is rolling over in his grave, even though yeah. He's not dead. <laughs> oh, we got Mike back. They're basically Lincoln Park. <laughs> Except they came I'm, before Lincoln Park. I'm sure they feel exactly the same way. They're like, <laughs> we're just like Lincoln Park. <laughs> the same guys. Yeah, I probably didn't describe that well. <laughs> but, but what I meant is like the style of, of like, you know, rapping over over, over singing and, and that type of thing. Um, I could have probably come up with a different example of that. But um, yeah, I don't know that there's any singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, fair <laughs> enough. Going in there. Bester Bennington was a hell of a talent. Agreed. He was. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Zach Delaroca is more like... Uh, and he's also... His his vocals are just as distinctive as Tom Morello's guitar. Yes. Like, you can't hear him and not recognize his voice. I'll, I'll add that... Um... One of the things that's interesting about Raging the Machine is how how much activist or how much activism they are involved in personally, not just through the lyrics of their music, but sure. they're like big activists. Like Tom Morello is a huge activist in the labor movement. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, weren't his parents diplomats or something? I don't My know. memory is telling me this from a long time ago that yeah, his his parents were political figures in some way, and that's where a lot of his I, I feel um, they're very clash esque in their their politics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a, a, an obvious influence for them. Although the style of music is quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, and I, I learned for the first time, like a year or two ago, that Tom Morello is black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, I had no that? idea. Um, I thought he was just Hispanic or something. Um, He's light skinned, but yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I'm the opposite of Craig on this one. I prefer their first album to Evil Empire. I'm, I'm uh, with you on that one. And I, I it's hard for me to put a finger on why. I, maybe it's just 
the big songs I like better on their first album than the big songs on Evil Empire. But um, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, you put "Killing in the Name" up against "Bulls on Parade," and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. bomb track is amazing. Killing in the Name is overplayed for me. I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, I it, it, is it overplayed? Yes, but why is it overplayed? Because it is definitively the best Rage Against the Machine song. Yeah. <laughs> Round I one. I, <laughs> I really like Bulls on Parade, but Bulls but on Parade was also my Rage Against. Sorry, Rage Against Machine would be against people of the same class fighting with each other when they should be fighting against the oppressors. That's right. So we won't fight it out. <laughs> I could I be an oppressor. Um, I remember seeing a Tom Morello tweet where he was saying he went to Disneyland or Disney World. Um, whichever one has star like a Star Wars section. I don't know if both of them do. Anyway, he goes into like the bar or restaurant of the star wars section and the bartender obviously recognizes him knows who he is and slips him like a rebel alliance pin and just says thank you for your service sir that's that's fantastic (laughs) that's great i i love their politics i think they're great yeah yeah my my earlier point was not to discount not to discount like the politics or like comment that I disagree with them more so what perhaps explaining like the fatigue people got rage fatigue after three albums of this and because there, like, there was definitely a tank off from this where they were on basically on top of the world this album is huge um, yeah. and the one before it and then um, Battle of Los Angeles was a noticeable dip in like impact i would say there was also an, there's you, a, you lot a lot of singles of off that album there's a lot was battle of, i think battle of los angeles was 98 or 99 but at that point like really like the caveman new metal had taken over like and so people didn't have to think to be angry uh, like from battle of los angeles like i heard testify gorilla radio yeah asleep now in the fire, fire. like they were mm-hmm. everywhere that's true. There were some good songs off that. Why was it not popular? Was it just I mean, fatigue? It was popular. Like the, the singles got a lot of airplay, but yeah, they, I don't remember them being like a dominant band that they were at this point. Yeah. Hitting at the exact right time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. I'm, how long can you do <clears throat> the rage shtick and be fresh. Yeah. Mm. Like Gorilla Radio is a great song. Yeah. Sleep Now in the Fire. I, I love it. It's a good album. Now testify. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I, 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 but I, I, like even knowing that I have like, you say Battle of Los Angeles and, and in my heart, I'm like, that's not as good as their other two albums. But why do why do I think that? Yeah, that impression has just somehow been ingrained in your psyche. Yeah, it has. Twenty like, odd legitimately. Years. It's probably because, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, the first album has you know it's got "Killing in the Name of," and this and and Evil Empire has um, it has uh, "Bulls on Parade," and both of those are great tunes that were just enormous. 
Yeah. Like you, you like you know, rally around your family with a pocket full of shells. Like every, you just know everyone knows that, right? You know. The iconic DJ DJ scratching solo. Some of those the workforces are the same. The burn crosses. Burn crosses. It I is saw, still frighteningly true. I, I saw, a century later. I saw a tweet uh, the other day, and it was like twenty-year-old me listening to Rage Against the Machine. It's like the tunes, the music's kicking, but the lyrics are kind of corny. Forty-year-old me at a cocktail party. Did you know that some of those who work forces are actually get this? The same that burn crosses. <laughs> like, <laughs> Now we're all pretentious. Like, <laughs> and I was like, that's perfect. That's really good. And that's what I have to say about Evil Empire. And then what year was it that um, that Zach DeLaRocca left and, and uh, Chris Cornell joined up and they became Audio Slave? It must, it must have been after 99 because that was Battle of Los Angeles. Was it early 2000s? Early 2000s? Yeah. Hold on. First audio slave. Album. I saw audio slave live somewhere in like 2005, I think. September 2005. And I don't think they've been together all that long. Oh, earlier than I thought. Renegades. The first album came out in 2002. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they had a fourth studio album, Renegades. That one I always forget about. And then I see the, mm. the cover Renegades. and I'm like, oh, yeah, that exists. The Renegades of Funk. Now. The Renegades of Funk. Oh, Rage. So good. Yeah, that one is less. The Ghost of Tom Joad, I remember. Yep. Uh, I remember running into um, Funk. Whatever the song was on the Godzilla soundtrack, like the American Godzilla movie in 98. I forget what that was. That was also kind of big. Yeah, what the hell was that? Uh, Let's see. No, not Audio Slave. It looks like this Uh, Renegades is all covers. Uh, goes from Hell yeah. uh, uh, I'm like a bomb. No, oh, that's right. Maynard I'm like a bomb's on uh, oh, Battle of no. Los Angeles, right? Oh no, on some some song, Godzilla soundtrack. Listeners, go look it up. <laughs> you guys remember that Maynard was on a song in the first album? Know your enemy? No. Oh yeah. Oh, I, he, Maynard's on that. Yeah. I know the song super well. Like I, I know that first Rage album like the back of my hand, but I had no idea the Maynard was on that. Yeah. Freedom's a really conformity. The elite. <laughs> All of which are American dreams. All right. Shall we move on? We're we're just Let's kind of figuring off here. We are. We're, we're just we're just <laughs> quoting Rage lyrics. Which is yeah. okay, but uh, let's so, move on. You want to do Flight uh, of the Concords? I was gonna say, yeah, let's let's switch it up a little bit, and and we'll do a little comedy album here. Also, also very political. Very super, <laughs> especially when it, with regard to robots and Bowie. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Flight of the Concords are a, um, a comedy duo from New Zealand, and uh, they are uh, uh, Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement, and um, they actually. Um, uh, ended up winning a Grammy for this um, this album, the, their self-titled album, uh, for Best Comedy Album in 2009. 
Um, they actually did a TV series on HBO. They did two seasons of this TV series. It was it was actually called The Flight of the Concords as well. And it was about, you know, a couple of guys from New Zealand just trying to make it in New York City. And it was it was quite funny. Uh, I don't know if anybody had a chance to... Did you guys see that, the TV series? Like a million it. times. Yeah. I, honestly, the, the album doesn't yeah. make any damn sense unless you've yeah. seen the show. The distant future, the year 2000. The distant future, the distant future. It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The world is quite different ever since the robotic uprising of the late 90s. There is no more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affer- uh, affirmative. Unless we know the other robot really well. Yeah, because, like, you know, like the, the song Leggy Blonde, for example, was, yeah. you, know, you know, it was at a pivotal point in the show. Make any damn sense. Even most beautiful yeah. girl in the room. Yeah. Like, business time. They, they, all, they, they, all, they all live in context. And yeah. when when they're devoid of their context, they are funny, but they lack the impact they should have. Should you know the context? Right, right. So if 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 you haven't had a chance to see the, the those episodes, it's it's quite worth watching. Um, it's 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 a hilarious album. Um, I, I find it really enjoyable because of. Um, how how talented the musicians are, like how talented the two of them are at playing all the different instruments and, and singing all the different styles of music, sort of having fun with all the different styles. Um, and and the, the comedy tends to be fairly subtle, um, but, um, you know, just, just enough to get you chuckling. And um, it's, it's definitely one of my go-to comedy albums that I'll go back to and listen to over and over again. Um, I wanted to know what you guys think. Like, I know that, that Steve's already a fan, but I'm curious what you guys think uh, overall. I thought it was a very listenable album. I thought it was definitely Chuckles. I, I Like I said, I, I haven't watched the show, so I don't have all of that context. But uh, yeah, I thought Watch the lyrics were clever. I thought it was fun. I thought the music was good. Um, that's that's it. I can't I can't really say too much. I think you'd like the show, like just knowing yeah. your your um, interests and and you know you like things like the Mighty Boosh and stuff like that. I, I think you would quite enjoy the show. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to give it a watch. It is it is a great show. Like yeah. watch it. All right. The first yeah. season's better than the second, but it's but they're still both good. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, okay. thoughts? Not my type of humor. No. Um. I will explain. So, and, and another thing I think we've talked a lot about on the show so far this season about like the importance of a good opening track. Ah, Food of Fafa is not great. I do not like Food of Fafa at all. <laughs> um, it's it, it, out of context, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. You've got to watch the show, Craig. You've got to watch the show. I think it's not even that it's. it does make sense. I just don't find it funny because I think it's like. Um, and I'll, I'll compare to Lonely Island in a second because I was constantly thinking of like why do I not like this and I really like Lonely Island when I was listening yeah. to this um, Fudu Fafa like the punchline is immediately obvious like 10 mm. seconds into the song but it, it doesn't like I think I said this in our in our chat room during the past couple weeks of like it doesn't get absurd enough which is what I like about Lonely Island is a lot of Lonely Island songs say like YOLO right 
they'll give you the punchline right away of like in YOLO, it's, it gets, we're gonna it gets crazier. Yeah, they just were like, how far can we take this punchline in terms of absurdity? Whereas yeah. in say Fuda Fafa, you're like, okay, I get the joke, and then two minutes later, there's a punchline of, oh, they don't actually know French, and you're like, well, the, the thing is, like in the show, they're meeting up with a couple of French girls, right? Like, yeah, I, I like would have to re- to watch the show to see. This is true, but it's also like, like I never. I never understood the cowbell sketch from SNL. This is another, like, maybe an example of my style of humor. <laughs> of, like, I never understood why people thought that sketch was so funny. I was like, I okay. Got a, I got a fever, the- and the only prescription is more cowbell. Take, yeah, it's because they take the most ridiculously trivial thing in the song, and they pretend <laughs> that that's what's made the song. And then Will Ferrell just frigging cowbells his heart out. <laughs> and Christopher Walker's all like, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like you. But after I, I put my pants on, I make gold, gold records. records. Because Christopher Rock Walken <laughs> is funny, and they're both and they're both pretending like he's pretending like this song is all about the cowbell, which is it's clearly is not. It's a stupid yeah. throwaway instrument that's in the song. <laughs> that's the joke. Yeah, I don't know. Twenty year old me just did not find cowbell sketch funny. Whereas like. 30 mid 30s me was all over haunted elevator like the david s pumpkin sketch i love that sketch may i love david s pumpkin (laughs) any questions yeah (laughs) and i I think like if i were to if i were to try and figure out like why is this not your style of humor i think it's just not absurd enough it doesn't like go far and push the joke into levels of stupid that lonely so you're not you're not really into like a subtle comedy you want you want you want to do absurd these people also, are not American. Yes. They're from New Zealand. not be my thing. Their humor is subtle. Yes. I also it's, am. It's absurd. It's very absurd, but it's subtly absurd. Yes. I am also very uncultured and find excessive swearing very funny for some reason, which also lends itself uh, to enjoying the Lonely Island. How about the hip hop versus the rhinoceros? There are some like a little couple of like chuckle things here, like in the very beginning where the um the rhinoceros brags about how his rhymes are bottomless and just stops. And then he stops and he's nothing else. Beautiful. Alright. I don't know. Not my thing. I do like the music. I liked I do I did like Bowie. For Bowie did connect with me. Bowie's in space. This is a good send up of um Space Odyssey. So I don't, I connected with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think my favorite song on this album it's it's a tie maybe a tie. I really like robots because yeah. I think it's hilarious. And the the context is that they're like they're making a movie that was written years ago about you ro- robots from the future in the year two thousand, and it's already like two thousand and eight. It's it's ridiculous, and I, I think the song is quite funny. But my, I think my favorite one is the most beautiful girl in the room. Yeah. Because they just part time model. (laughs) They keep keep qualifying it like Mm -hmm. the most beautiful girl I have ever seen with a kebab. (laughs) Like, (laughs) depending on the street, (laughs) you definitely be in the top three depending (laughs) on the street. (laughs) Not that, not that good looking. That's a good example (laughs) of like taking the punchline and continuing the punchline into like pushing it further and further over the course of the song. 
and and that that one is like you could have been an air hostess in the 60s like (laughs) good looking but not that good looking I think one of my favorite lines is, is, is from, I think I posted it in the chat, but one of my favorite lines is from Think About It, where he goes, some, some punk's lying there, someone's chopped off his head, I'm the only one that checks to see if he's dead. See if he's Turn, dead. Yeah. Turns yeah, out he's dead. They got, could you cut Larry's from my knees? <laughs> With their knives and their forks. <laughs> I I, I I find it quite a funny album, but I I also find like I've listened to this album. I don't know. I've been listening to it for years, and it is significantly less funny than actually watching the show. The show is really good. Even even knowing what what it's referencing, I'm just like, I wish I could see it because it's really funny. Yeah, those two are with, hilarious. I do find that with some Lonely Island material too. The ones that yeah, got like you, SNL digital shorts, often the digital yeah. short, like, mm, had some wonderfulness yes. to it. It's, it's, it's got, you need to see Justin Timberlake with that box. Even just like the Space Olympics, um, the Space Olympics short with Andy Samberg and his ridiculous get up doing his blue screen dancing. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. so good. It's, 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 it's good stuff. And I, I, I would strongly argue that these guys are good on their own, but you you need the show for the context. It just doesn't make as much sense otherwise. Now, is, is that show being streamed anywhere? Is it on like Netflix or anything like that? It must be on uh, Crave, right? I have no idea where you can find this. I've, I saw it years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Clement, he's on What We Do in the Shadows as well, right? In the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Great yeah. Movie. yeah. <clears throat> and if anybody saw the, the Disney movie Moana... Um, he he's the one who's that giant big crab, crab yeah. the giant crab that sings. That's that's Jermaine. Jermaine's been in a lot of things. Mississauga Library has the second season DVD collection, but not the first season. Mm. Second season Mississauga. is good. Thanks, the Mississauga Library. <laughs> you, you, get, you only get to see the second season. Too bad for you. Yeah, and I mean. I'm I'm kind of glad that they stopped after two seasons because I feel like anymore and they they probably they would have run past their premise and not been able to really be funny anymore. Now they they kind of went off and did their own thing for a while, but then they they started to like they, they did a little bit of a reunion tour in like yeah, like what was it 2019 2018 something like that. So they they started going and and, and doing some live shows. Which would be cool to see. I'm trying to. What is what is Jermaine? Jermaine's been in everything. <laughs> it's business. It's business time. And there's what we do in the shadows. He was fantastic in what we do in the shadows, and he um he he produces a TV show now, right? Okay, I have not seen what we do in the shadows. Is it recommended? Yes, it's delightful. What do you know what premise of it is? Uh, vampires, right? Yeah, it's vampires, but it's like four More vampires who are roommates living in uh, I forget which which of the New Zealand cities it is, but uh, and they're just basically uh, kind of are, are they in Wellington? Yeah, Wellington, that's the one. Yeah. <clears throat> and then in the TV show, they're in Staten Island. 
Anyway, you should watch it. It's it's very okay. funny. Okay. Yeah, I, I've heard recommendations on that one before. So I'm gonna the the TV show has Matt Berry in it too, and Matt Berry is my favorite everything. I haven't seen. Have you TV have stuff. you have you seen the IT crowd? Yes. Yes. He's the. Uh, oh, it's so good. He he plays um, the boss. Um, oh, okay. Renholm, Douglas Renholm, right? The son. He's the is he best. really? Yeah, he's the best. I love the IT crowd. Look up Matt Berry. You'll you'll recognize him. Thank you, computer man. <laughs> this this is the internet <laughs> in this box. That's that's it is a good one. Uh, Jermaine was just in a movie that I watched the other day called Nude Tuesday. It's a New Zealand movie, but it's all subtitled and it's in a everyone speaks in a fake Scandinavian language. It's 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 absurd that they they speak gibberish all movie and it's all subtitled, <laughs> and it's so weird, so weird, so, so much right. nudity. Swedish chef sounding or di- completely kind different. Of, like, <laughs> it, I I don't speak any actual Scandinavian languages, mm. uh, so to me it sounded like they were doing a fairly credible job, but to somebody who's just you know, I've heard it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Shall we shall we continue a pattern of uh, angry, not angry, and go over to Peter Craig, strapping young lad? <laughs> yeah. Well, gentlemen, a great deal of money has been invested in this project, and we can't allow it to fail. So, we did in the first iteration of this show the 1997 album Ocean Machine by Mr. Devin Townsend, who is a British Columbian musician. It's been around for a long, long time. Um, Has a new album coming out in September, too. This, uh, Strapping on Lad City, is the counterpart to Ocean Machine, also released in 1997, and is what most people who discovered uh, Devin Townsend in the 90s know him for. Um, This is one of the angriest albums I own, um, and it was a very important album for me in kind of my musical development. Um, I think we've discussed like gateway albums on this show before. Um, I don't know what the term would be for this album, but it's the type of album that pulls you further into an underground scene. Like say like gateway bands for punk or like Green Day, Offspring, etc. Whereas you could say like bands that would pull you further into like real punk would probably be Bad Religion, Dead Kennedys, stuff like that. I don't know what that second group of bands is called. But this Strapping Young Lad is one of those second groups of bands that pulls you further into the underground of like a given scene. Um, how did I discover this? This was a Much Music Loud discovery. Uh, the video for mm-hmm. Detox was on one night and I was hooked. Um, Probably one of the nights I fell asleep. I discovered this in high school. This album's like, 25 years old. <laughs> I've been listening to it for like basically that amount of time. Um, so Michael and I used to live together. Craig would come and hang out at our place and put on yeah. Much Loud on our TV, and oh, I would nice. inevitably fall asleep on the couch while Much Loud was on. Well, was loud enough. 2002 <laughs> or like 2001, I don't know, yeah, Loud had dried up in terms of um, new stuff that I was finding from it that was pretty good. And yeah, it was on at like Saturday at midnight, so also yeah, we're just going to fall not, asleep. Not worth it, your time. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think Devin was 24 when he wrote this, and a lot of the... This is the second Strapping Young Lad album, and a lot of the anger comes from his initial experience in the music industry, which made him really disillusioned about the music industry. Uh, to make a long story short, right after high school, he moved to LA to try and make it big. He ended up getting a gig with Steve Vai, who is one of those like virtuoso guitar people that started in the 80s. If you've heard of Joe Satriani or everyone's favorite, Ingwi Malmsteen, um, Steve Vai. Vai was the protege to, um, to Frank Zappa. Ooh, I thought Steve I also studied Ooh. studied under Joe Satriani. Maybe he studied under a bunch of people. <clears throat> Example was and, one of the people he studied under. Yeah. Anywho, um, Devin got a got the vocal gig for a Steve I album, um, and went on the resulting tour and promotion for it, and hated the experience. Absolutely hated it. Um, it completely soured him on the music industry, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, so that's where a lot of the anger and like the rage of this album comes from. Uh, there is a fun story from touring that Steve I album, which is they went on the tonight show with Jay Leno and Devin Townsend ended up sticking Jay Leno's cell phone up his butt. Uh, that was a fun little tidbit of early Did it Devin. Ring? Uh, I don't think so, but he got caught on <laughs> camera. So he probably got banned from tonight show for either indefinitely or many, many, many years. That would make sense. Yep. Um, yeah, I think one thing that came up today that I think, um, I forget who mentioned it, but there, there was a comment about this is like, this is an album for a very specific mood. And I think one last thing I'll say about this is, yeah, I don't listen to this album. This is like an album for definitely from high school me. And I don't know. If I was coming into it fresh like you guys, I wonder how I would feel about this because this is very much a nostalgia album for me. Um, so I'm curious to hear what you guys thought about it. Given that we're approaching it as like not rage-filled teenagers or early twenties people, but like early forties guys. First time I listened to it, I, I listened to it I think four times. First time I listened to it, I was like, "This is just noise. It's got it's got nothing. It's, he's angry. He's yelling. It's noise. The the only song that seems to have any melody to it is the cover, Room Four Two Nine." And and that, that's that's interesting. Um, but the second time I listened to it, I was on the train, like on the way home from work or something, and I had I had had a bad day. And, and, you, and, and you forgot your headphones, so you just turned up your, your stereo on the train really loud. I wouldn't be that guy. But, but no, I had had a bad day, and um, and it and I I listened much more closely to it, and it was vaguely cathartic like it was like i felt better after having listened to it it it, it helped me work through some unhappy feelings <laughs> um so the next time i listened to it i you know i i made sure that i was really paying attention to it because i, th I think i said today uh you know city is an album that you it requires you to pay real attention to 
Because if you don't, it's just noise. And it's difficult to pick the not noise out of the noise. Um, but if you're willing to do it, it's good. If I could add, if, if I could add to that, um, I, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> like I think of all of the metal albums that um, Greg you've recommended that that I listened to, um, I think I had the most uh, the best experience with this one. I like the technicality and the playing of the music. I like the really fast. Um, there, there's a lot of really fast bass drum stuff going on. <clears throat> it, it just it seemed like the the musicians were really skilled in what they were doing, and it almost seemed like it was really technical music with sort of how Steve described it, lots of noise over top of that. And it's like there there's that that connection between this chaos and this order. And it was and it was like blended together. And I, I actually really, um, when I was listening, <laughs> I was listening to it. I was doing sort of housework, so it wasn't like I wasn't having necessarily a bad day. And and it, it was a little startling. Housework done in like half the time. Oh, I think you froze. <laughs> if you oh, want to do your housework in that in less time, then that's a good one. <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think I was I was making beds or something like that, and it and and, and listening to it, and it was a little startling from time to time. <laughs> but um, I, I just found myself sort of intrigued by it. I, I think more so than than some of the other stuff that I listened to. So I uh, I had a fair, fairly uh, interesting experience with with this album. Yeah, it's it's difficult because there's no melody. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's got a lot going on, but catchy hooks ain't them. Yeah. Like, like I was more interested in the technicality, the and it was like, wow, that's like they're playing so fast. There's so much going on. Can I parse all of this information that's coming at me all at once? Um, I, I I don't think it's the kind of thing to listen to if you're tired, though. It won't help it, you. Sleep, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just mean it's it's hard to focus on what you're listening to as well if you're tired. So like I, I was luckily I was awake when I was listening to it. But agreed, it requires attention. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say about this. Uh, I really like Devin Townsend, especially Ocean Machine, and especially his his solo work. He's an a, he's a phenomenal composer. He's a talented, incredibly talented singer and guitarist. Um, this is a very intense album, and like Steve said, you have to invest your energy into enjoying it. Um, it's a little bit more. This isn't something I would listen to. Would just be like, oh, I'm gonna throw it on, and I, I don't have the nostalgia factor. This is that pur purpose music. Yeah. Um, and and even when I want to listen to really intense music because I want to get a lot, I want to be really focused. And, like this isn't necessarily what I would listen to. Like I oh. generally would listen to, you know, really fast death metal that I can't understand anything that's going on because it's just growling into the microphone, but. The fast drums and and the technical tar guitar playing like gives me that laser focus. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't listen to this to to get a lot of uh, like work work done. Maybe maybe housework, but I'm not being Yeah. Um. Would you? Sorry, finish, Richard. Yeah, it's it's good, and it's it's good for what. I'm not, I don't want to qualify with it. It's good for what it is. It's good, but know that it's, you're in for an intense ride. It's definitely That's a time fair. and place. 
And he, like I said, even 25 years later, this is still one of the most intense albums that like if, if I, I need say to, in my collection. Yeah. If I need to so scream, this is a great album. Like if I, if I need to, to, to work through some, some shit, this is a good album. Mm-hmm. But if you, but if you listen to Devin Townsend's solo stuff or whatnot, it's far more progressive. Like it's far more prog, but, uh, it's too bad. It's, very interesting it's very there's a lot of melody intermixed within the uh the just heavy fast parts and very interesting music love this album so good and that wall of the wall of sound that you were kind of talking about mike that's that's kind of a trademark of how Devin arranges his stuff Mm -hmm. is like take the guitars the bass and the drums and just toss some shit on top of it like samples or electronic noise like this is a very industrial influenced album so yeah. nine inch nails and then like frontline assembly and pitch shifter and stuff like that um like i think i like detox the best like that was one of my favorite track on that oh, detox is so good uh, i think i like underneath, underneath the, waves. the waves underneath the waves is the underappreciated gem of that was pretty album. good like that, that so, was a great tune um uh, oh my fucking god! Pretty good too. That was kind of the meme uh, song. Like that's the song oh. in high school where you show people for just for the express purpose of like, look at how you know fast or crazy this song is. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but the the only song I said that had like legitimate melody to it was that was Room Four Four Twenty Nine. That's a really good that, cover too. Yeah, it the, it's a cover. So it's not, it's not even his thing, but it's, it's, I don't have to be paying an awful lot of attention to enjoy that song. Mm. It's just enjoyable. Yes. No effort. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. All right. We last but not least the mode music for the masses by Depeche mode. Um, yeah, this is an album that came out in the 80s, uh, 87. And um, it's their, I forget which number album it is. It's their fifth or sixth. 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 Uh, yeah, Depeche Mode's great. They're, um, they're a new wave band from the 80s, or maybe they formed in the late 70s even. But uh, they are unique among other uh, new wave bands. I would say they kind of, have um i mean uh dave gahan's voice as a baritone voice makes them gives them that unique sound um, very distinctive yeah very distinctive and i and i guess in terms of other bands other contemporary like contemporaries of them that would have the most similar sound and and we did talk about one of their albums years ago was um um what's it called what's what's the band i'm thinking of Tears for Fears. Um, yeah, Tears for Fears. We did we did songs from the big chair. Yeah. Um, so I would say of bands of the same era, they are the most similar. But uh while Tears for Fears did continue to put out music and they have put out music recently, I would say that um Depeche Mode definitely continued to put out consistently great albums all like until their most recent album came out in 2017 and uh it is a good album
Yeah, what do you guys think? It's amazing how many songs off this album I know. Yeah, there, um, like there, there's a lot of singles off this album, and there's a lot of songs yeah. that you've, everyone has heard a million times. Um, I, I enjoy it. Um, I, I think the, the the opening track "Never Let Me Down Again" is a very strong track. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sets a good tone for the rest of the album, um, but I mean, like, "Never Let Me Down Again." "Strange Love" is a was a huge song. It's everywhere. Uh, yeah. "Behind the Wheel," yeah, another one that that you hear you you, you would have heard a lot. Um, and I was I was listening to um, um, the uh, the it was the remastered version on Spotify. And the the bonus tracks on it, like it, Route 66 is on there, and that's just a yeah. banging tune. That's a great cover. Um, and they also and they finish it off with the friggin' Moonlight Sonata. Yeah, like a, a really well played version of the Moonlight Sonata. And I, I know, like I I had to, I did piano recitals coming out my wazoo when I was a kid. And one year I had to perform Moonlight Sonata, the full vert, like the full first movement of it. Like, and that's all. That's you know, it's a difficult song, so I really appreciate hearing <laughs> But I, I, I dig the album. I even it's got a it's got a very uh, specific feel to it that it keeps all the way through. It's a little bit um, I don't know, morose, a little yeah. bit um, contemplative. Yeah, um, contemplative is a good description for pretty much all of their music. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but it, they, it, it sort of it keeps that going all through the album, um, and I, I I think it's a very it's funny because um, they the, you know the title is music for the masses and they they called it that as in 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 a, a fit of you know of, of you know facetiousness like they they called it that because and then they're like it, it was not made for the masses it was made for you know it's 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 not meant to be accessible, but at the same time, I'd say it might be the most accessible album. <laughs> like it's, it's got lots of big tunes on it. It's, it's, it's not hard to listen to. Uh, I'm sure it expanded their fan base quite a bit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, irony for the irony. Well, and one of, it goes back to the name of their band, like their, the translation to Pesh Mode is fast, fast fashion. fashion. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fashion. Yeah. Similar experience. Oh, okay. I have similar experience to this as I think Steve you did with um City where I am super unfamiliar with the Pesh mode, so this was mm-hmm. my first real exposure to them. And my first listen did not connect with me at all. I think I was just like not in the right mood and there's probably some other stuff happening that day where I was like, man, I, I don't get this. Um, then second and third listens like, were much better. Um, it can be hard if you don't know what's coming. Like if, you, yeah. if you've never really heard Depeche Mode before and this is completely new to you, you don't like you don't know what you're going to get. Like it's, it's would, yeah. almost completely random. I think I was expecting more atmospheric keyboards like the Cure. 
like the Cure album we did earlier this season, and that that type of like washing over you keyboard um, wall of sound I really like, whereas more minimal keyboard melody like this has and more synthesizer based um, took me a little bit longer to warm up to, um, but I did, and I did. Um, I did like it. Um, I had never heard any of these singles growing up. I think I was probably just too young. And I don't yeah, know, I mean, th this is '87, right? Like, how old were you in '87? Like six. six? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but no, I did like it and found it like really catchy, and it's very much 1987. Um, if yep. you think, like, I think I've seen thing, seen articles that like the the aspects of a decade usually solidify in and around the middle to like the later years of the middle so i would argue that the like... mode is a big reason of why that 80 sound set is what you think it is yeah the synthesizers in there. huge yeah mm -hmm. huge uh, and the funny thing about that uh, i was thinking as you were saying it craig is that depeche mode sound really has never changed it's yeah. Yeah, very very much yeah. their sound yeah <laughs> except for uh the, the really early stuff with like just can't get enough and that stuff yeah it's it's a little, a little bit more poppy. uh poppy dancey sort of yeah. whatever they, they quickly settle into this i mean yeah. I, if if there's any band that i probably compare them to maybe new order i was just thinking about sure. new order because blue monday popped into my head yeah time. like they're they're, they're I, I would new orders probably a bit more electronic dancey yeah. yeah but but they're, they're they're kind of similar yeah synth based like poppy yes very much so since mm. since you know joy division and it stopped being joy division <laughs> and they yeah. they kind of went in a different direction there's a whole bunch of the 80s music scene that is a complete <laughs> like black box to me still you know do you know um do you know joy division i've heard of joy division for whatever they, reason, they have a couple of songs that you you will have heard. Uh -huh. mm. um, yeah, they've got some singles. And New Order um, and Division, they're more in the synth wave, right? Yeah, but but with when Ian Curtis was still alive, they were dark. Yeah, <clears throat> um, you know, Love will tear us apart. You know, yeah. not a. It's, yeah. it's and, and um, Dead Souls. Great song. You might have heard Dead Souls because I think it's covered by Nine Inch Nails on the Crow soundtrack. Yeah, ah. um, that was that was a Joy Division tune. They were they were much more gloomy, depressing. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and then be... and, and and then Ian Curtis dies. Yeah, and the rest of the band go off to form New Order, yeah. and ah. they're they're much more uplifting and you know, uh, catchy. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good but term for it. Joy Division was kind of the, the precursor to the, the dark wave movement. Yeah. They were they were very much they sounded troubled, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So um I was as I was listening to this album, and I kind of mentioned this in our group chat, the um the the last couple of weeks um I've been uh, my routine has been changing ever so slightly. I have an eight-month-old golden retriever, and she wants to get up at six o'clock every morning to go for a, a long walk. 
Oh, and so I've started listening to playlists that have the term, you know, get motivated, you know, good vibes, wake up playlists and stuff like that. <laughs> wake me up, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening to a lot of that kind of music, like really go get them motivating music. And then I put on Depeche Mode and, and it has a very different feel to it. And, and it so. motivating music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Bad. But when I look when I look back at it and, and and like contemplative, reflective, like these are some of the terms that have been used to describe it, and and I think it 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 fits better in that in in that sort of case for me, like to 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 think of it as, um, you know, a, a kind of music that has a place and a purpose, and um, certainly waking up at early in the morning to go for a walk with your dog is not when you listen to Depeche Mode. Um, but, uh, when I, when, when I sort of re-examined that a little bit, listened to it again, um, I really enjoy kind of the synthy style of the music and, uh, and I don't know if it's necessarily my style. Like, I don't know if it's really for me, but, um, but I can definitely appreciate. Uh-oh. Oh, Mike. Oh. I'm going to suggest that when he's walking the dog in the morning, he should listen to Bram Van 3000. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was it, was, was, <clears throat> we'll, we'll, I'll listen to some. Uh, uh, oh, what's, what's the what's the big brand band song? Drinking in LA. Drinking in LA. Yeah. Oh man. Drinking in LA. Oh yeah. Brand band three thousand. Uh, no, this this is definitely not a um, a high energy album. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go. Yeah. Woo! Suggested <laughs> entered the UK, and that's objectively the right choice. Yep. Okay. I know what I'm listening to tomorrow morning. I get to... wet. Do you want to possibly also... kill your dog? Then listen to that. <laughs> From overwork. Yep. <laughs> Michael, I also recommend uh, Vanga Boys. Oh, I we went to that um, that Andrew WK concert. That was amazing. It was the tenth anniversary of I Get Wet show, right? Yes, it was absolutely fantastic, and I have never been exhausted like I was after that concert. I was going to get out of shape. I went because you were running. Yeah, I went hard. Yeah. I think I was, was gassed amazing. five songs in. Oh, I, I just kept going and going and going. It was fantastic. It was so good, but it was so tiring. Uh, and I was in good shape at the time. I did. I was doing a lot of running. Running absolutely destroyed my back. Oh, dear. So and, I, and, and, and he was also on four adult doses of ecstasy. I, I wish. <laughs> It'll get you right through that. Yeah. Your, knee, your knees no, are still I, good, Steve? My my I, I ended up originally my knees were trouble, so I got like orthotics and all this sort of stuff, and mm -hmm. my knees are fine now. But oh, nice. my lower back is like I, I don't know if I've got like discs in my lower back that I've, I compressed from all the running or something. Oh no! But it it never doesn't hurt. Oh, poor Steve. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's and it was really bad for a while. Like at the end of my running, it was so like the the pain was so acute that like I could feel it radiating down my legs. Like it was just terrible. Uh, so after that, I, I you know, I kind of, I gave it up. Do some swimming. Running is not for humans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we pick our albums? 
Oh boy, that's a good good question. What the hell am I going to choose? So uh, I was I was uh, talking to uh, well, we I, I got a message from Craig where he was asking. Oh, for lag. I was asking something. We'll find out in a moment. Yep. Asking for better internet. Yeah. There you go. Um, so uh, I'm going to install this thing. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, so uh, my my um, so I was asking my parents what kind of music they were into, and I thought that might make an interesting an interesting idea um, to to pick what my dad considers the you know quintessential album, and um, and I haven't heard I've heard a couple of tracks on this, but I haven't heard this album. So uh, so I've got one. Um, I am going to recommend the album. It's called The Grand Illusion by Styx. Jesus Christ. Ooh. Is this before or after Kilroy was here? It better be before. It's nineteen seventy-seven. Is Mister Roboto on it? No. It's got "Come Sail Away" on it. I'll take oh, it. Done. <laughs> you know, you know the song we hear at the beginning. You hear the whole thing. Sorry. Oh, is it? Is it it's South Park. Yeah. You hear the beginning of it. You have to hear the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then Kyle's like, "I'm sailing away," and Kyle's like, <laughs> then he sings the whole thing at turbo speed. Yeah, I got the the Chef Aid albums, the South Park Chef Aid album, and and it's got a nice version of Cartman singing "I'm Sailing Away" on it. Nice, good choice. So yeah, so I'm gonna go with that. And for me, it's an opportunity to listen through that full album and and see why my dad likes it so much. But then it'll be. Uh, I hear it's a good album anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool. All right. I'm going to choose an album by a band that we talked about early on in the Zero Check. Uh, and this is sort of a what have they been up to since look. Uh, this is the latest album from Gogol Bordello. Uh, yes. The 2017 album Seekers and Finders. And, and I also wanted to choose this just because I wanted to expose Mike to Gogol Bordello. So, they were so good last time. Yeah. I think I'm going to follow on Rick's theme. I was waffling between this one and another choice, but um, I'm going to choose the most recent Devin Townsend solo album so Mike can see the other side. Of, instead of 24-year-old angry at everything Devin Townsend, we get 47-year-old uh, dad Devin Townsend and his solo mm. material. That is 2019's M. Oh, soft rock, soft rock ballads. Is that's what I was asking for. Uh, <laughs> What's it called again? Empath. Uh, Empath. Yeah. It's it's more like experienced, super talented. Let's let me show the world what I'm capable of. Devin Townsend. Okay. <laughs> All you youngins, take note. Yeah. This is what I'm gonna do, because yeah. I haven't been able to stop listening to it for weeks. I'm choosing the Hamilton sound, like the the the, the you know cast recording of I, Hamilton, because it's amazing. Visit our Hamilton, Hamilton yes. theme. Yes, we did the Hamilton mixtape a couple of shows ago, and mm -hmm. all it did was whet my appetite for doom, this. Doom, 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 doom. So I'm choosing the you know the the actual you know. The Broadway the, musical original cast recording. Yes, the two disc set. Because <laughs> it's, and I, I swear to God, it's so good. And if you want to cheat, you can watch, watch Disney, the Disney movie Plus. Disney Plus. Plus. 
<laughs> it, that's just yeah. as because it's all the the album with a little bit more. So yeah, you actually get to see them dancing around and yelling at each other and shooting guns and stuff. Yes, but I swear to God, I I have literally been listening. To, no, not literally. I have figuratively been listening to this album nonstop <laughs> since we did that show. Nice. And it's so good. So yeah. make it happen, people. Okay, I'm very familiar with that album anyway, so that's good. I like that one. Makes it easy when you know yeah. one of the albums. It's like it's like half your homework is done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, one thing All for right. the Devin Townsend album, if you look at mm-hmm. it on streaming services, you might get the deluxe version that has two discs. Only do the first one. The second one's like a bonus one um, that you don't really need to listen to for the show. And we don't believe in bonus. We only believe in not giving people things. Exactly. It's like the the version of City. I I intentionally went for the, you know, just just the the facts, man. Yeah. No doubt. You're right. Apple Music's got the deluxe edition. I mean, you can listen to it. The second desk is all demos. Yep. Okay. He does does that a lot. Tosses like a whole second CD of bonus tracks on his releases. Yeah, I, I... I mean, sometimes that's great. Like I, I was listening to the the ex- extended, you know, the ex- remastered Depeche Mode album, and I I appreciated that. Um, but you know, because especially because some of the extra, it wasn't just like demos at the end. It was a bunch of good mm-hmm. tracks and Route sixty six, which is a B side. I love how I know Route sixty six from the Cars movie franchise. Yeah, that's um, weak beyond belief. But I mean, no, I guess you gotta get no it. <laughs> <laughs> Children, no. they'll, they, they'll do it to you, I guess. Yep. All right. So that's that's. I guess we have our um our next slate of albums. So Woo. um and yes, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to the Gogo Bordello. I'm looking forward to the Sticks because seriously, I've never listened to a Sticks album in my life, and I never thought I would. So <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be fun and. Uh, I honestly don't. I, I, we we did Ocean Machine way back in the day, mm-hmm. um, and I, all I remember is vague impressions from that. And while we were doing that, I went to the concert with you, Greg, the Devon Townsend mm-hmm. concert at the um, Mod Club, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember there that? were a few years where, like, I went to every Devon Townsend show he did in Toronto, and those it was at the Mod years. Club. Yes. Uh, and, and it was a really good show. We watched from like upstairs through one of those little windows. Mm-hmm. It was good I stuff. Do, um, I really like venues with balconies. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't have like the specifics of Devin Townsend have sort of faded into the past for me. So maybe I'll listen to this and I'll listen to Ocean Machine again. Ooh. Try to re-familiarize myself. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. This will be a, a fun set to listen to, for sure. Yes. Gogo Bordello will fit with your morning routine, Mike. Yes, they're okay. the best. Freaking love those guys. Yeah. Okay, that'll be fun. Uh, and he listened to, what, what was it, Underdog World Strike that we or something like that that we did last time? Uh, uh, yeah, Gypsy Punk, Punk World, Underdog World Gypsy Strike. Gypsy Punk, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was super good. Yeah. So yeah, and we're we. I think we have our um, 
our slate for next week. So I'm going to be the one to um, wish everyone a good night. Thank you for listening. Uh, tune in to the next episode of the Zero Check whenever we happen to post it. Follow, follow us on Instagram, too, although we haven't posted oh. anything yet. But it's Follow us on Instagram, even though I don't have Instagram. We do now. I don't. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, it's it's Tom, the Zero Check. Is our it's, on, it's on Friendster. It's on Napster. It's on Kazaa. <laughs> <laughs> Send up on all the services. We got a, we got a GeoCities page. Oh, nice! Angel Fire. <laughs> Tokyo <laughs> Texas slash Tokyo slash slash Texas slash eight four two six three.